Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another episode of Early Work, the podcast in which I, Reese James, will interview my guest all about the creative things they wrote when they were younger, usually a teenager. This week's guest is the absolutely incredibly multi-talented Jade Adams, who talked all things from her youth, such as being stabbed with mathematics equipment, uh, having dodgy family members that didn't care for all her various ailments. She had precocious interests, but she had quite immature output. Those two things don't really marry very well together. But she's very funny in this her early work is genuinely absolutely insane when you hear the reveal of how old she was when she wrote one of them your heads will fall off you'll have no choice but to rewind the podcast listen again double check she definitely said that and then once you've checked it you'll just be forced to give it five stars so i hope you enjoy the podcast here it is with jade adams Welcome to Early Work This Week, my wonderful guest. It is Jade Adams. Hello, Reese. Hello, Jade. Jade, for the listeners, is probably best known for um, when she told me that I wasn't going to be able to get a uh, free sofa on Twitter when I was tweeting a sofa company. I don't know how you Did would I remember do that? that. Yeah, do you remember I was, I was half joking, but not really. I was kept tweeting made, like, give me a sofa. Oh, and yeah. And you were like, right. you just get me, within seconds, I'm like, this won't work. It won't work. It didn't. No, you need to be. Up you need to be an attractive woman who like gets her her vagina out and calls it activism <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. to get a free made sofa. <laughs> and then what you have to do is say, what I'll do is I'll pose with my free made furniture, mm. but I won't do with the furniture what you're meant to do, which is sit on it. I'll do some wacky, like your adverts say. Have you seen the made adverts? Why? What did? What do they do on those sofas? Balance on their furniture. There was one. It was a chair, and this woman's like. Stood on top of it with one leg off. The, the adverts are ridiculous. Jade Adams, if you don't know her from the sofa world, you're also you maybe you remember her from the time we did a gig together in Oxford, and uh, she had to confiscate someone's phone who was filming me trying to deal with hecklers. Do you remember that? I don't remember that either. So you're, I think some of your family were there. The gig was Carnage. 
Oh my God, it was the one my cousin turned up to. Right. I literally spoke about the, this the, the, this weekend with my family from Bridgewater who came and were really good as gold. But my cousin Michael really thinks he's adding... Like, he doesn't understand. I've had to tell him since, if you're coming to gigs, you're not to heckle anyone. I don't think he was heckling that night. It was That gig was, like, absolute carnage. I'm telling you he was. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, he was very much <laughs> disrupting the entire flow. Because um, I was going to try and hide from the fact that he was my cousin, but then he came back. I don't know if you remember this. He came back and put his... And, and, and op- wherever we were, walked over to us all and went, all right, cuz, do you want a drink? Ah, well, yeah. where the comedians were hanging out at the yeah. back of the room. And then... And then so, so you were... You were trying to go incognito, as in like, oh, this gig's a bit of a mess, and family members of mine are potentially the cause of that. Yeah, just keep your head down, cuz as well. Cuz I've only I've never heard that in real life. They only, only like American teen dramas. They never call me. A load of my family do this. They'll call me by the relationship they have with me, so people on the internet know they're related to me, so they have some sort of more right to talk to me. Right. So, like, I get called niece or I get called cuz. My sister used to call me sis. This is like bad exposition, but in real life. <laughs> yeah. This is ex- that's it's just exposition from a script. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, if you write a script that's full of exposition, it's really realistic. Yeah, for me. <laughs> you, you're the is, only yeah. one who's got this excuse. It's really true to life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. Right, Jade, if I had to guess what you were like at school, and Go I do, because it's the first format point of the show, um, what I've written is. Sure of yourself with no need for the approval of a group of jocks and cheerleaders, speaking of American teen dramas, um, probably ran for some sort of student leadership position like prefect, organised things. If someone fell over in the playground and people laughed, you would help them up, really obsessively into something precocious and random like the TV show Mad About You or Luther Vandross. Is any of that true? So, uh, can I see the list? Yeah, yeah, yeah So sure. I can tick it off. Okay, so... Sure of yourself with no need of approval of jocks and cheerleaders. Well, actually... You were a jock and cheerleader? No, I was neither. I was desperate for the attention of popular people. Oh, really? Yeah, and and there was a girl I I could have had a really great friendship with and because she just wasn't the loudest person in the room because I literally ruined primary school for myself and actually maybe the first two years of secondary school because I I went for the wrong people. But then... I fell out of everyone. I got stabbed in the leg by a compass by one of the girls at school because I'd fallen out with her. Basically, they blamed... I've said this on another podcast, but they blamed me for lighting the school toilets on fire, but I didn't do that. So I <laughs> Sorry, there's so much going on in this anecdote. First of all, you get shanked. Yeah, but that's <laughs> after the fire. Secondly, we know that the reason is because of arson. Yeah. What fucking school did you go to? The, one of the poshest comprehensive schools in Bristol. No, this but is in the- juvie. <laughs> <laughs> but this was me and the three other roughest girls it was us it was there were no other rough people like us one of the girls was from the local flats who were it was bad and then the <laughs> other the other three girls we were just all all of us were Bristolian whereas a lot of the school weren't I, okay. uh, you know, they, the school tried to beat the accent out of me, but I, I stayed <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anything, you've doubled down, I'd say. <laughs> I came home once and mum, um, and I said bath instead of bath. And my mum said, what did you say? And I went, bath? And she went, look, I've sent you to a nicer school so you can have a better education and you don't get bullied. But if you come home and change your words again, I will smack you around the head. You are who you are. Don't ever forget it. <laughs> That's what she said to me. Ooh, you are. You it's are too, you are. too on the nose for me. Ooh, you are. It does. It sounds like someone doing an impression of your mum. <laughs> you are who you are. That's enough. 
Um, so, so no, the first bit, not true at all. Probably ran for some sort of student leadership position, like prefect. Nope. Because uh, what happened after I fell out with the, those girls was I was on my own eating my sandwiches and I was crying and these two other girls from the music room came over, the music room nerds, and they said, you want to come and join us? And at this point, my only uh, sort of creative expression was freestyle disco dancing, which is <laughs> the most culturally bereft form of dance known to man. You, the, the, the bombs you drop just casually in conversation, like I'm not going to pick up on them and need more information. I, mean, I don't think I've forgotten about the compass shanking and the fire that started in the toilets. <laughs> and now true. you want to bring up contemporary disco dance. Oh, no, no, not contemporary dance is wicked. Oh, what's Contemporary this? dance is super arty. I'm talking little girls in skin-tight lycra dancing to techno music for two and a half minutes while she'll judge by men that could have been paedophiles in town centre halls in Yeovil. That's basically yeah. what I'm talking about. No wonder you set the toilets on fire. <laughs> but I didn't do it. They did that. Um, so I'm sat on my own and these two nerds come over and they said, do you want to come and join us? And I went into the music room and stayed there for the rest of school and I learned how to sing. I, play, I learned how to play piano because I watched one of them play it for a year and then got down and played it. My sort of good at, I've got a really good memory for um, skills. So I sort of watched her play for a year and then invited my mum and dad to a summer serenade where they thought I was going to sing in a choir and actually sat on a piano and made my mum cry. And then about a week later, I had a keyboard at home. They bought me a, like a keyboard. as a, They were so chuffed that I'd done it. Wow. They're, they're really supportive of anything else that I tried to but do. But the reason she cried is because the word bath is in the song lyrics and you said it like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what song it was. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, say it's true, there's nothing like me and you. <laughs> um, uh, so, I, yeah, and I, I sort of changed my life because I hang out with these girls that I enjoyed the company of rather yeah. than thinking they were popular. Yeah. So that was when I was about 14, 13, 14, I did that. But up until that point, I was going and after all the people I thought I should and it was not until dead after, end yeah which is a dead end um, organised things nope n- not at I'm all I'm having a shocker eh? I normally do quite well on these uh, to be honest this is the, one of the hardest ones when I was like okay I've got to come up what was Jade like at school I've changed it was really 50 50. It was really well. Often, what happens on this podcast is I go, Oh, you're like this now, so therefore at school you must have been the opposite of this. Yeah, and then, like, for example, with Lolly, I was like, Oh, you're really social now. I bet you were completely reclusive at school. She was like, No, nah, I was always cool and popular, and everyone loves me. And I was like, Well, you're a dickhead. She needs to hear it. Tag her in the podcast. to be a comedian if I'll but, be perfect. Yeah, exactly. You, how you? have you not completely changed everything about you because of what happened to you at school? Yeah, how has that not been the result? So I thought, Ah, oh, I just didn't know whether to go for. You're similar or you're the opposite, and I've blown it. Well, uh, if someone fell over in the playground and people laughed, you would help them up. I, I've, I'm, I'm like that, and I'm, I will always be like that. So that's true. Would that have happened when you were still trying to impress the popular people? Would that have happened? I would have always helped people. Yeah, yeah. I've always been helpful. I, I didn't. Helping people was more important than winning. Competitions were beaten out of me because of dancing. But um, <laughs> if someone was in pain, I would be the person that went and helped them. Yeah, and I knew that because um, you stopped me from embarrassing myself with that sofa. There you go. Uh, really obsessively into something precocious and random like the TV show Mad About You or Luther <laughs> Vandross. You are so, so bang on. Oh, really? But it wasn't Mad About You or Luther Vandross. Go on. I just couldn't think of the exact example. Go on. It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I watch it every year now. Yeah. The whole series. Really? It's definitely every series year. one. Every year. God, how long does that take? Most uh, of the it's, year? It's my switch off. So like when I get home for a gig and I need to wind down and get rid of my adrenaline... I uh, sit and I watch an episode of Buffy. And 
it, does it still hold up? Does yeah, it, do you feel right, the same things you felt when you were... How old were you, would you have started watching Buffy? It, was, it started in 1997, I think it was. It was in seven, so I would have been 12. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like... Season one's not great, but season two to season seven, mate, is some of the best TV that's ever been made. Yeah, and that, that was... Was it a big influence on you? Yeah, huge. Because I, I watch this woman save the world every week, and mm. um, it was a big... Uh, the girl, One of the nerds that I became friends with we both watched it together and then we phoned because it was on Sky One between 8 and 10, 10 o'clock I would dominate the entire back room no one was allowed to come in and then me and Joe would be on the phone talking about what we just watched and that happened for five years I was five years of my life of wow. dominated by Buffy and I had all the memorabilia all the books I knew all the, I know all the lines I, I know I know all the characters I know who the writers are I know everything about it I'm obsessed I'm a, also love vampires and Dracula and all of that mythology and uh, but I um, yeah I was huge into Have Buffy Have you done um, Celeb Mastermind? Yeah, I would. Well, Jenny Ryan went on into Buffy. Oh shit! Yeah, well, so. she's a professional quizzer. Yeah, I know it's not fair, but I I would be very good on that. Would you do Buffy? It would have to be Buffy. It would probably have to be Buffy. Yeah, I think just risk it and go for Mad About You or Luther Andros. Just see. It'd be Buffy or Leonardo DiCaprio. Really? Yeah, <laughs> really? yeah. I'm really. I got loads on him. Did you get into Leo because of Titanic? Oh no, no, it was Romeo and Juliet. Ah, of course. Yeah. Sorry, I apologise. How dare I? Yeah, it was Romeo and Juliet first, and then Titanic. Did you after. watch Romeo and Juliet at school? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and had all those feelings in front of other people. Yeah, <laughs> just I want to be snogged in a swimming pool. When you were at school, were you like creating things? Were you trying to write things? Because you said you were doing music and you learned to sing and stuff. A bit older. I got really creative once I met Joe and Hannah. Uh, so it all started. I was in those a, are the music. Yeah, the music. Yeah, so I got in choir. So I was in a choir of Paul Potts from Britain's Got Talent. Right. He didn't go to our school, but he was part of the choir. Because if you wanted to get out of lessons, you just joined the chamber choir that used to sing in the church that was attached to our school. Um, so we used to go and sing Come Sancto Spiritu in Gloria. We'd go and sing Latin and shit like that. And instead of doing school. any maths, yeah, wow. I got a D for maths, classic. But what? Guess what I got for her music? A star. Yeah, yeah boy. Which really upset Hannah. Really upset her because she got an A and. So my GCSEs were, no one expected me to get them because obviously I had quite a difficult first couple of years at school. So um, it comes to GCSEs and I'd spent all these years hanging out with the nerds. So obviously my grades got better and I got a bit more interested Mm. in school. And then they said, oh, we want you to open your results on television. The BBC are here. No way were you one of those kids. We want you to open them. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And they were like, Jade, we want you to open your results. And I was like, yeah, but what if they're rubbish? Jade, we would like you to open your results on <laughs> television. You, at, at this point, did you pick up? I went, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was still nervous. Yeah. And then I got it and I went through them and I'd got like a D for maths, but I didn't give a shit about that. But my all of my practical subjects I'd done really well in. And then I went, oh, for music, I got this funny little star thing. And because I'd only learned how to play piano like a year before... And I had nothing to do with music before that. Um, my best mate shout out, yes, that's an A star. Uh, were you writing anything when you were at school? Yeah, loads. What sort of stuff? I wrote this really long story once that was about 150,000 words long. I've, bigger I, than a novel. As, as, big, as big as a novel. I wrote it for years. would get so excited about coming home, get on my dad's Galaxy 2000 PC and I would carry on writing it and then I'd come home and I'd get, that would be my thing. that I Because I, I, mean, I, I brought this up in therapy the other day. I was quite a lonely person um, when, I, when I was, well, my whole life really. Because my sister had a lot of attention taken because for various reasons. Number one, she always, some boyfriend she had and then she got sick. And then my, I was sort of the last child and I just spent 
a lot of time alone. So I, I, it meant that I created a lot because I was on my own trying to not be lonely. Yeah. And um, so I wrote this story and uh, loads, and I wouldn't let anyone read it. And loads of stuff happened. And I basically had this character who was basically what I would, I, 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 imagine, I basically wanted this character to be me. So I gave her the life I never had. And in one day, I grew up, and it was around the time I finally... Because I had Barbies until quite late. Mm. Like, I um, didn't give them away for a very long time. And I was in my teens when I had to give up playing with dolls. But I didn't want to because I was so lonely. They're adults who play with dolls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I remember the day I had to give them up, and it was around the time that I'd sort of grew up, and I remember reading this story, and then one day I just deleted everything. Oh, fucking hell. I deleted the whole thing. You just got... Oh, wow. 150,000 words just gone. I've got to say, there's a part of me that's relieved because I thought if you were about to read me 150,000 words, this is going to be a long fucking episode. (laughs) But but that is gutting. You just got rid of the whole fucking thing. There could have been something in there. I know. It's all gone. 789. You might have got a little gag out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Reading back. Oh, I've got a new Edinburgh show in that line. Oh, thank you. It's all right. I've got loads of ideas, Reese. I I never need to. Yeah, endless. I'm a a creative genius. Well, you've lived a life. (laughs) I've lived a life. It's clear you've lived a life, setting fire to all this shit or claiming you didn't. Whatever, mate. Classic. (laughs) Might be Jimmy leering it, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) But you, um, you wrote other stuff other than yeah. So I, you know, there are loads I've painted. I did, I, you know, I did uh, paintings and that. But the things that be most uh, most useful for podcasting, sure, is I used to write poems. Lovely stuff. You're one of the first people on this to join me in poetry. Yeah. I always seem to read poems. I I don't intend to necessarily on this podcast. I just have to give at least one thing of my early work back to level the playing field of shame and embarrassment, potentially. But all I seem to have is poems. So every single week I read a poem that I'm so embarrassed about and someone's done something cool. Like they've got like a story or a novel or a play or something cool like that. So it's good that you're a loser as well. I don't don't know how. I don't know how. I've never read these poems out. So I don't know how anyone's going to respond to them at all. The only people that's read them is my mother because she was the one who had to send them to me because she's kept them all. So she keeps... Are they handwritten? Yeah. So you've got, oh, fucking hell. So you've got photos of handwritten poetry. There, I've got photos, I've got photos of the, some of the printed stuff as well, but oh, I have wow. got one handwritten one. But I, um, she keeps all of my stuff, my mum. She still does today. So she comes to see a show, she keeps a flyer for it. And so she has a scrapbook of everything I've ever made. Mm. And so when she's not around anymore, I have a, a complete and utter history of my entire creative life. Wow. She's kept everything. And also I've been filmed since I was born because dad's always had a video camera. Fucking hell. We so you could just make... Yeah, there could be a documentary about you today. There could be We one could just now. do it today. This is it. This is it, man. <laughs> I think this is this it. This is the start of I'll it. I'll be one of the talking heads. <laughs> Slagging off your GCSE results. Ox- Thank you. Oxford, ugly. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it was a tough gig and uh, it was actually all her family's fault. <laughs> but when someone filmed me having an absolute shock of dealing with a heckler, she was straight in to take his phone off him and delete the video, <laughs> which I will always appreciate. There you go. Maybe I'm... you needed someone to do that for your dad filming you as a kid. Someone to swan in and delete the video. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. Are you got proud it. of the stuff? Yeah, because I'm now. I know. I I now think I'm good. So I I love all the backstory. Right, yeah, I love yeah. all of that stuff. I don't. Um, there are things that I get. I I do cringe at some stuff. I can I can cringe at. 
oh, you know, when Facebook shows you memories of things you've yeah. done in the past or the way that you've spoken. I, oh, I've been recently reading some blogs that I've written because I'm, I, I was asked by a newspaper to write something on the Catherine Ryan um, uh, NMA thing that happened. I don't want to say the guy's name because I don't want to give him air time for doing a bad thing. But where Catherine... his name is Slow Tie. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Ryan handled it beautifully, but what everyone wanted to do is paint her as some sort of desperate victim. Mm. So uh, a newspaper got in touch with me to write this thing, and I spent all morning writing it. And it was all about how Catherine literally isn't a victim, and she's like a really great comic, and she handled it really well. And she just handled it how any any comedian would. And it was sort of like an empowering thing. Like, if we wanted women to be strong, like, why don't we start writing stories about them being strong rather than, isn't it really bad how, like, women get picked on in comedy? Can you tell me a time where you've had to face sexism? So I wrote this great subversive thing and then I um, and then they didn't they didn't want it they wanted the other thing they wanted the thing about oh, Catherine they wanted being you a to do what they asked for in the email weak ass bitch and yeah, I didn't want to write yeah, yeah, yeah. it did, so, someone, did someone write that? I, I don't know I don't think they, I think I it was too late for the article yeah. to happen and they really don't even want me to re-edit or anything like that so it meant that I had to go back into my blog because I'm going to post it anyway and I've been reading blogs that I've written and my god I'm a, I just mo- just moaning without yeah. any punchlines that's all it is isn't it <laughs> <laughs> you can win awards for that mate oh um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Are you embarrassed about these poems? You haven't read them. Is this, I, will this be the first time you've read them back? In a while, yeah. It's been ages since I've read them. So you don't know. We're going to see if you're embarrassed live. Yeah. Uh, so I've got... Hang on. Let's just have a little look. So I can, I'm can. i going to give you titles and then you're going to, get, you're going to tell me ones which ones that you okay, want, want to hear. So I've got a written, handwritten one that I did for my mum's birthday card with a picture... Yeah, happy birthday, mummy. Uh, it's, it's got a lot of colour on it and a drawing of her. My mum, yeah. yeah. It's called An Ode to My Mum. Okay. Uh, we've got one called Flu Jab. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We've got one called The Lonely Creature. Oh, oh. God, that feels, that feels dark. Uh, we've got Inconsiderate Relatives. <laughs> that's Experience the, that firsthand. And that's the four I have. I just want to check. Okay, well, obviously, obviously, first I want to hear flu, uh, flu, flu jab. jab. Yeah, okay. I need to hear flu jab. Okay, you ready? Yeah. The leaves are brown as summer has passed. I look out my window. I see no grass. It has been covered by lots of brown leaves. This time of year makes me sneeze. <laughs> my hands get so cold. My nose is really runny. My mum makes me some lemon and honey. I think I do need, although I'm not glad, it's that time of year for my flu jab. Now I'm not looking forward to going to the clinic. As I'm 18, there's nothing that's in it. (laughs) (laughs) No stickers, nor sweets, or spoonfuls of sugar, or a nice nurse that makes me feel better. I sit in a cold chair whilst old people stare at the fact that I'm getting my jab. As I'm 18, my mum stays at home. As the nurse jabs it in, I let out a moan and then in brackets I put, Arr! <laughs> After I hold my poorly poor arm, as my arm throbs as that needle did harm, I'm given no candy, no bloody blackjacks. I hate this time of year from my flu jabs. Unbelievable. Okay, my first question is this. Yeah. And um, This is me giving you the benefit of the doubt. Was that a poem written from the perspective of an 18-year-old? Or are you just reiterating that you were 18? I was time? 18. You were definitely were I was 18. 18. If Trying I to give you the benefit of the doubt, Jade. You had, an, you had a get out clause there. That is not the work of an 18 year old necessarily. So... And I say that as someone who has read not the work of an 18 year old throughout this whole podcast experience. I mean, you were shocked to hear that you were 18. 
I, I, I thought I would have been much younger than that. How old did you... From read, just reading it, from I the first like bit 13. about leaves and grass, how old would you have expected like 13 to 13 or 14? Yeah. 18. Why the fuck am I writing that? 18 <laughs> when I can go to the pub. But there's no mistaking they would not have asked you to do that at school at 18. No, I wasn't at that, school. That wasn't a task, though. It wasn't like someone said, I'll write a thing about flus, flu jabs. You just did it. You just wanted to do it. I just... Ra- no one asked me to do that. At the age of 18, I was working at the Bristol Beer Keller, sweeping floors and cleaning it so I could have sex with the boy that also did it, who was my boyfriend. (laughs) So it must have been... Oh, I know what was going through your head while you were sweeping that floor. I had a boyfriend at the time of writing this. Why was I writing poems? Really bad poems. It's not bad. It's just very specific. It's so specific. It's so like your nan writing something for Take a Break, isn't it? <laughs> it's like a poem from Take a Break magazine. It's absolute, that's, all, that's really bad. That, that standard-wise, that's not a Jade Adams standard, mate. So do you feel... So this is your reaction to it because you hadn't read it. Yeah. How do you feel in this moment? I feel really embarrassed that that was what I was doing at 18 years old. It's, it's a lot of fun, that poem, but it, is, it does jar with me that you were 18 when it was, you wrote it. It's very young. It does feel young. I've, had some, I've got some severe arrested development stuff in my... In, <laughs> until I think I was forced out of being immature because uh, of stuff that is not fun for a podcast. To sure. talk about. I've spoken about it on loads of other ones, so we won't do that. But I think I probably was quite immature for a very long time. <laughs> I want to hear another one. All right. I need, to, I need something to compare it now, so I want to hear The Lonely Creature, please. Okay. Hopefully you mention your age in this poem as well, inexplicably. <laughs> So I don't, but I was I was younger when I did this. I would have. Oh been, yeah, but that's um, what you'd say now. No, no, no. I definitely was because you can tell because I've put my name on the right hand side right. of the poem. Okay, fine. which is something which I haven't done on the flu jab. The flu jab doesn't have my name written on it, and it's written like I know at least how it's, it's centered on the page. I mean, it looks beautiful. The amount of white space around it, like it's really thought about. Yeah. So the lonely creature, I, I, I thought I was going to write a book uh, for children my age. Um, I wanted to write like an... Ill- I don't want to do poems and, and draw, because I draw as well. So I wanted to do illustrations and poems to do with monsters. So I wanted to uh, uh, come up with monsters who had probably uh, personality traits that I also had, but like turn all of the th- worst things about my, me into like a sort of a, a creature, basically. Yeah. This is really depressing. Great. The lonely creature, Jade Adams. He sits and stares all day long, singing the same old tearful song. His mum and dad died when he was a child, with no friends or relatives because he's wild. His sad and droopy eyes are full of so many tears. They are sore and red from where he cries and cries. His coat is a very bright white, and his eyes are sparkly from the reflection of the bright light. He wishes upon a star, wishing for a chance of life, instead of saying at home to have a cry. Why shouldn't I have friends, he says. He sits and stares out of the window for days. None of that rhymes at the end. He wishes upon a star, wishing for a chance at life, instead of staying at home and having a cry. Why shouldn't I have friends, he says. He sits and stares out the window for days. That's what I've done there. What you have done. Yeah is you have written the first half of a John Lewis Christmas advert. <laughs> All you need to do is a little resolution where he makes a friend. Yeah. And you've got yourself an absolute four million view hit. Excellent. <laughs> and it's John You're Lewis. You're going viral. It's, he's got this white coat. He's lonely. He's in the wild. His parents died. So he never had a Christmas for no. a start. Right. And he's just in the wild. He's lonely. Beautiful white coat. Next thing you know, there's a man on the moon or whatever. 
I don't know, I've only ever seen one John Lewis Christmas advert. Little ginger kids. Yeah, get someone yeah. doing a little um, cover of a song that doesn't suit their voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, it's a John Lewis Christmas advert. There you go. That's, uh, what I do want to say is that that, poetically, is better than the flu one, which yeah. he did years later. It's, uh, it's, there's more imagery, it's more interesting. It's, there's less reliance on rhyming couplets. Yeah which uh, is always the worst way to write any poem or song, is to rely heavily on the rhyme. Yeah. I, I seem to have not really cared about that in, the, in that one. You and did I, the classic thing that they always do in poems at school that everyone was confused by of says and days, where it's yeah. like, well, no one's ever said says, because <laughs> that isn't how to pronounce the word. But it's yeah, in so many poems that you learn at school. But R and, uh, like rap, sorry, not R&B, but rap music, they will change the, they will pronounce words differently to make it rhyme with the next thing. So like, basically, I'm a rapper. Yeah, that's pretty rap, that's pretty rap heavy <laughs> to me, that. <laughs> Do you ever hear any uh, raps called The Lonely Creature? Yeah, bruv. <laughs> Actually, if you just take that as a acronym, TLC. The lo- oh, yeah. There you go. TLC. And no scrubs, he's lonely. Oh. It all, it all adds up. You wrote, you wrote John Lewis Chris's advert, and now you're going to have Lily Allen singing No Scrubs by TLC over the top of it. <laughs> oh, Perfect. my God. I can't A little acoustic believe- version, a little soft. I don't want no scrubs. I got can't get enough of me hanging out the passenger side <laughs> as friends ride trying to holler at John me. Lewis, if you're listening, we've got your next advert and I'd love a sofa. Uh, right, I think I'd, I'd like to save your um, relatives poem. For the end. relatives for the end. It's quite for long our, as for well, our big so that's, finale. that's a good one. That's um, a good in the meantime... Before we move on to my piece, I have to grade you on three categories. Those categories are number one. <laughs> you're in such a little Number shit. one, <laughs> originality. Uh, number two, pure teen horniness. And number three, Mickey Mouse Club slash Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score, which is how much potential does it show for who you went on to become? Okay. Um, so originality, first of all. Well, I've never heard anything like it. <laughs> so, what a Bear in mind, it, it, both of them. The John Lewis Christmas advert one predates John Lewis Christmas adverts, yeah. so it's clearly original. Yeah. The flu jab one is absolutely mind blowing to me, especially because you keep going by the. Essentially, every other line is "By the way, I'm 18 in that poem. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so <laughs> random. You say, it. "I know you're saying so you don't even get any sweets for doing this flu jab." There's yeah, nothing, that's... you're saying there's nothing in it for me, which is funny. Um, but I'm going to go four out of five for originality. I, what, for flu jab? For both. For both? Overall score, oh, four out of five. Oh, that's very nice, thank four you. Four out of five for originality. Pure teen horniness, I would say there's almost none. <laughs> there's, flu jab. There is none. Also, you, uh, I mean, you did say that you you were working at a pub at this time just trying to trying to bang your boyfriend the whole time, <laughs> In, sweeping up. Yep. But, so that you, you already had an outlet for your horniness, and that's how you were able to write such a <laughs> medical-based poetry <laughs> about standard procedures for the asthmatic. Um, so, oh, it's got to be quite a low score. I mean, one of them is about loneliness. Yeah. So there's got, there's got to be some... Horniness is the wrong word, but there's something in there, isn't there? I know it's about a creature, but as you said, you were trying to put stuff from your life onto these creatures... As if yeah, they well, I mean, it was you. aspects of my. Uh, I basically wrote down all the things I didn't like about myself, 
and then I've made I made a monster on each of them. So there's a lazy monster as well, which I wish I had to read to you, but we can't find it. Oh shit! And it has a line in I it. Bet you which never is, typed it up. Classic. No, we did. So it's typed up, but it's not saved on a computer because I pre like I'm I'm older, so I uh, the computers I have don't all connect to each other. I right, Gateway right. 2000, <laughs> and I remember life without computers. I used yeah. to like I remember the first mobile phones that came out. Um, but my mum has it somewhere. She's going to find it again. She said, you'll find it when I die. Um, but there's a line in it. There's, so there's a lazy creature, it was called, and there's a line in it which is, is not at all clean. In fact, in his left ear is an old baked bean. Oh, wow, that's great. That's lovely. <laughs> so I, they're not me. They're an aspect of my yeah, yeah, yeah. personality. Well, that's, I mean, fucking hell. That would have ended that's up being... That's so original. A, thank you. That's so great. Pure, it's not horny, though. Lazy is the opposite of horniness. There's no so, horn in any I'll of my... I'll give it a one, just because of the loneliness aspect. Mickey Mouse Club, does it represent uh, your work now, who you've gone on to become? It doesn't remind me of anything you do now, really. It, do you know what? I think it does, because I know... I think that the stand... Because stand-up, I love doing it, and I really like making people laugh, but the thing, the stuff that I really want to do is write great... Uh, characters and mm. I want to write people that have I want to write things that make people or move people not just through laughter but through tears as well like I I can do I can do that um, so I think in terms of what other stuff I have going on that hasn't been announced or I haven't said anything about doing it yes it does reflect especially the lonely creature but you know what not many people try and change my mind <laughs> but you have so I'll go I'll go three. I'll give you a three, Mickey Mouse Club. Okay, great. I mean, I'd never had a Dragon's Den sales pitch like that on this podcast before, but it has kind of worked. I'm going to invest, but I, you know, I want to give you half the money for 70%. Great, okay. So I'll go three. So that's an eight. Eight out of 15. Very respectable score. Now that means I have to read you one and then you have to grade me on it. Oh, okay. Right. This is not very long. Yeah. So the reason I've chosen this one is just because I was looking through some old documents and I found an opening line that is absolutely insane. <laughs> okay, go on. Um, okay, you ready? Go <clears throat> on. I burp in purgatory, urging the birds that I've hurt to be heard by me, but all the while flirting while nervously working to earn all their mercy, I chirps Kirsty. Kirsty was different. She never expected less than a kiss, but never requested much more. Just the faintest of knocks at my four o'clock door, a morning creep, just a creak on my floor. Not even a notch on the bedpost. Just all of the fun of a behind-the-shed boast after running the red coast and returning post-haste to debase all the rumours that had already said most. How old were you? Fifteen, sixteen. Those are the days... child star. Fifteen, sixteen is when I would get off with Kirsty all the time. Well, I mean... None of this is true. <laughs> Isn't it? Well, it's, I mean, some of it, it, I clarify stuff in this. Not even a notch on the bed. Like, I mean, 15, 16, I wasn't, I wasn't up too much. Is it still, there's still more? No, no, no. That's a different that's poem. I was, I was considering reading, but I've decided not to. It's too long. How original do you find it? I burp in purgatory. You ever heard yeah, that before? I've, no, I haven't. No, I think five don't... out of five for that. Pure teen horniness. <laughs> How often are people burping in purgatory? You never know. <laughs> Pure teen horniness, five out of five. I mean, it's the horniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It, uh, mm. It's literally about getting off... With, with Kirsty, getting off with Kirsty, urging the birds that I've hurt to be heard by me. Yeah, I chirp. I chirps Kirsty. So chirps was already out as a word. What's chirps, chirps, chat up. It's, oh, it's is a little it? slang term for chat up from you're when I was very, when I was youthful. You're very clever, Reese. Uh, this... this wasn't that long ago, was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Mickey Mouse. I mean, I. You know what? I I would expect someone like you because I. You know, you are a. Um, You've been good at a young age, which um, you're clever, aren't you? 
Oh, I'm the cleverest. Yeah, you're really I'm clever. I'm so clever, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I've given you a 15. <laughs> no way. Yeah. The first ever 15. You've got 15 for Oh, everything. my God. Unbelievable. Got, I have real high hopes for you, Reese, and I think you're a... F- high f- hopes? This is it. I'm at the peak. 15, you're not, babe. No, this is the peak. No, 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 no. It's all been building towards no, no, a podcast no, no, no. on Radio X. <laughs> you're not because everything that you are need, will need at some point to have a beard on it or like a <laughs> pair of slippers because you are and have been, clearly from writing poetry like that, had an old soul in you for a really long time. I'm talking about chirps and cursing behind a shed. Yeah, but the way you've written that, no, no, it's no 50, you see, when I was 18, writing Fluja. Yeah, to be honest, it does feel a bit piss-takey to read that after your 18-year-old poem. It does feel out of order that I've read that, because it's just, it's just more densely rhyming. That's the only thing. It's, a, it's as immature a premise, but it's... There's, I've tried harder to make it sound nice. It, no, but it's the way that it flows and the way that you've rhymed stuff, there's a cleverness to that, which at the age of 15, you shouldn't really have that have that knowledge of, uh, of writing poetry like that. It's just, look what I was writing at 18. Yeah, but you'd written a fucking novel by then, 150,000 words. Yeah, but you can imagine how shit that novel was, can't you? Yeah, but you did it. That's a. This is a very short poem, if nothing no, else. It's about poem, 20 words. So it's a 15. I cannot. I cannot believe it. What an honour. So 15 out of 15. Yeah, I'm impressed. With you being 15, I'm, I'm very so impressed So I was 15. I got a 15 out of 15. Absolutely incredible. That means that it's 15 to 8, so I technically win the episode. But the point of the podcast is with both losers. That's yeah. why I invited you here today, to remind you of that. Yeah, great. You're a loser. Now, yeah. please, will you play us out with your poem... Uh, inconsiderate relatives. Do we need any context for it, or should we just go in cold? It's ex- oh God. It's, I've got similar themes in my poetry. I've just realised what this is about. Is it about some relative <laughs> sneezing on you, and then you have to go get a fucking flu jab? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I think this was written when I was eighteen. It's in the same style. Well, if it was, we'll know about it because. When you were 18, you were rhyming a lot of things with the word 18. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure we're going to hear. My relatives are so inconsiderate. By the way, I'm 18 at the moment. Ever since I was little, I've always had an illness, a cold, a cough, an allergy, asthma or some eczema. It doesn't even rhyme. My family were always told because I'd come to stay that if they had any pets, they'd have to stay away. You see, I have an allergy to any kind of pet. If it's got four legs and fur, I'll be wheezing, you can bet. This Christmas, my mum has said that we're eating at my auntie's, but you'll never guess what she has bought, a bloody Pyrenees Mountie. (laughs) So this Christmas, I will be at my auntie's Christmas dinner. I'll be sat, you can bet, with my nebulizer. My nose will be running, my chest will be wheezing, my asthma will be really bad. I'll bet you I'll be sneezing. So when my family eat their dinner with that bloody smelly dog, I'll be at the back wheezing with my eggnog. Absolutely amazing. It's so good. And now I see what it's all been about. It was all building towards that. It's the combination of all these things. I can't believe it's about the sneezing again. Yeah, I, my asthma. How been... inspired were you by sneezing? I know you had asthma. It wasn't really about the sneezing. It was about my my asthma was so bad with animals and it was such a major inconvenience because everyone, and it's been a major problem, everyone's got a dog and no one can understand why you don't like their dog. And I don't like dogs because I'm allergic to them so badly that they put me in hospital and I nearly die from them. But people still don't understand yeah. why I don't... So my auntie's dog, it's massive. I can't... Uh, it's probably about three, three uh, four, four feet tall. So this actually, the, how soon after that she got, so this is actually completely autobiographical. Yeah. Got this dog, you went Lives right. Lives in a shed in I'm the I'm going to do something about this, poetry. Yeah. 13 years ago, because that dog is 14. 
Amazing. Did any of your family ever hear that poem? No, they have now. <laughs> and what's absolutely the best thing about that poem is that at the time you wouldn't have been able to read it because you'd have been wheezing all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Your early work has been fantastic. Thanks. Um, get your flu jabs, mate. Yeah, no. So there it was, Jade Adams. She doesn't have the flu. Can't stress that enough. She doesn't have the flu. She did sneeze on me, and I have been in hospital ever since. She currently has an Amazon Prime special. You can go and watch. I believe it's called Serious Black Jumper. She's also on tour with a show called The Ballad of Kylie Jenner's Old Face. They are the same show. But, you know, go and watch it live. Buy a ticket, jadeadams.com, and then go and relive that wonderful (laughs) evening you had by watching it on Amazon Prime. Anyway, make sure you give the podcast a review on Apple or wherever you get it. Review it, give it five stars, or keep it to yourself. And also, Pass the Pod. That's something they do on the Peter Crouch podcast, and that's like the biggest podcast. Pass the Pod is what they say. And what they mean is, if you like it, pass the podcast, that's what pod's short for, by the way, onto a friend, right? And then a friend will pass it on to another friend, and it'll go, well, I don't want to do that. It's going to take too long. Pass the podcast to Peter Crouch is what I'm asking you to do. Get Peter Crouch to listen to it, okay? He's got a big following. Um, He recently faved one of my tweets, so he definitely already knows who I am. Get Peter Crouch. That's the campaign. Pass the pod to Crouchy and then watch Crouchy nod it in at the back post. That's what we're doing on this podcast. Pass to Crouchy. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.